This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the Old Trailblazer, bringing you another message, another study from God's Word. And we've been here quite a while now on the home, all those related subjects, how that man is the head of the home, Christ is the head of man, and uh, the man is the head of his wife and children. The parents are head of the children. And we've been admonishing you to bring up your children in the Lord, and, and they, they won't depart from it. Teach them when they're young, while they're little. And uh, we often get sidetracked a little bit on certain things. But I want to just mention to you today that the old trailblazer, the Lord has given me a love for homes and families and children. And I see, I've been down the road before. I often tell folks I've been around the block a couple of times. And I see what happens to homes where the children are not made to obey. I was blessed. My dad and mother, we, we had to obey they weren't tyrants. They didn't beat us with a pole or nothing like that, no. My dad could take a razor strap and, and, and give you about three swats on your behind, and you wouldn't do it anymore. But he didn't ever have to do us that much or nothing. I don't remember much. My, my brother and I used to get in the scrap now and then, but he'd, he'd wear us out with a, with, a, with a broomstick or something. But, my friend, we needed it. We needed it. I never did begrudge that. But I'm not wanting you to whip your children and beat them. But they have to be made mine. The schools now can't make them mine. Let me tell you one of the things that makes me so sick that I could throw up. I see young people, babies, young children, four or five years old, and they get into trouble. And the mother says, all right, now, I'm going to count. One, two, three, and they count. And the child's supposed to straighten up by the time they get to five. Well, my friend, that's foolishness. Just take that child up and wear them little legs out with a little keen limb and, and uh, give them a good talking to. One of the things that I see now, a lot of our folks, the mothers especially, they'll spank a child and he'll go to yelling and boo-hooing and all, and you it disturbs everything, disturbs the church, disturbs the restaurant and everything. I never let my children cry. I'd whip them, I'd tear them up, and I'd say, now you cry, I'll give you some more. I'll give you something to cry for. I didn't have that trouble. My friend, why you want to let a four-year-old child disturb a restaurant where you were trying to eat and other people are trying to eat? No, you ought to stay at home if you can't control that little fella. My friend, the same way in the grocery store. I've seen mothers with a child in a buggy and they're reaching for them pretty things on the counter and mama won't. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Everybody in the store is looking. Oh, my friend, I said, I'd love to have him about five minutes. I'd love to have him about five minutes. You say, well, they'd probably arrest you. Well, they probably would, but that's okay. Uh, I, I tell you, and I've heard these boys say, well, if you call the law, if you whip me, I'm going to call the law. I said, well, come on, call him. Go ahead and call him right now. My friend, you got to let a big old boy boss your house and cuss your mama, your wife or something? No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. The old trailblazer. No, no sir. Don't never do that, son. Don't do that. Listen now, don't do that. But I tell you, oftentimes, don't wait till they get 13, 14 years old to correct them. And I believe that you can love them. I believe you can love them. And I believe you can spank them and give them a little switching and then tell them you love them. They may hate you for a minute or two, but when they get a little bit bigger, when they get a little older, they'll uh, respect you. They'll look back and say, would to God that I'd have been a better child, a better better boy, a better girl. But my friend, I know today 
so many of our families are being disgraced by their children. The, the girls coming home with a with an illegitimate baby, and the boys having a girl down the road somewhere expecting a baby. And those things, my friend, how in the world can parents live with those things? It's because they never corrected them. They never taught them. They never responsibility. And I tell you, oftentimes here, these marriages that fall apart and a man won't support his children, I think he ought to be locked up to throw the key away. I do. You say, well, he can't support them while he's in jail, but he also he can't run around and pick up uh, some woman and get another one. No, sir. It's just like uh, I hear these guys talking about capital punishment. Well, I'm against capital punishment, cruel and inhuman, and it don't deter crime. Well, I tell you one thing. He won't never kill nobody else if you put him to sleep. No, let's have some common sense, folks. The Bible is so plain. The soul that sinneth it shall die. And uh, I know it's off my subject. Let's get back. Don't you love your children? I do. And I always feel bad when I hear of a child that's wrecked their home. I've had to help families whose children have wrecked their home. And I see them come on up into life. And, and, and then usually they're in jail by the time they're young, young men in their 20s. They're in jail. And I, I, I know several uh, police officers and officers of the court, and they tell me of the things that my friend, and I watch the newspaper. I read the newspaper here in my local area, and I see every day, every day, every day, uh, so-and-so picked up for, for, for dope, 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 and all of those things. And there's somehow or another that they can find something that will get them a hide on matter where you put them. They tell me that the drug problem in our prisons is terrible. It's rampant. And I don't understand that. I just don't understand it, how that they can get drugs into a prison. And I, I don't know much about it, but I'm telling you. But let's go back to our study. Let me ask you this. Do you shirk your duty, my friend, in exercising the voice of authority? My man, do you leave that to your wife? Well, your mama's going to straighten you out when she gets... No, sir. You need to do that. You need to straighten him out. You need to straighten him out before mama gets home, my friend. But listen... In your rebellion against God, do you take the road of least resistance and let your child have his own way and do as he pleases or do as she pleases? If that's the case in your life, may God help you. My wretched man, it would be better off if you'd have never been born if you bring a bunch of children in the world or even just one and let him have his way without you exercising the voice of authority. My friend, the voice of authority. That's what we're missing today. We're missing it in our church life. We have a, a booklet here by Pastor Shelton on the pastoral authority, my friend. I just told you in our last study, the greatest blessing you can have is a saved pastor, saved preacher. The worst thing that can come upon your church is to have a deceived preacher under the guise of religion. But my friend, the Bible is so plain and the scriptures are so plain, and Pastor Shelton has two or three studies on that. Pastoral authority, the authority of the pastor in the church. You write me. I'll send you those booklets. Pastoral authority. It's just like I learned that. I'm the pastor here of the First Baptist Church of, of Algiers. I'm the authority here. I don't lord it over people, but I'm the one who makes a decision. 
And I'm the one that, that says, no, you know, women can't preach in my pulpit. No, we can't go to the beach on Sunday all skinny dipping. No, we can't do that. No, we don't sell T-shirts on Saturday evening, little skimpy clad girls washing cars. No, we don't do that. I'm the one. I'm the one that says no, my friend. You don't have to. You know what? Those kind of things, if you have to get permission to do them, probably you need you know that you don't need to do it but let's go back i know it's easy for me to get away do your children uh, obey when you when you tell them something do you tell them something my friend first of all i've told you several times when i went into service uh, you learn a lot there but i didn't have to learn the voice of authority my dad was the voice of authority we said yes sir and no ma'am and yes ma'am and no sir to everybody we met it didn't matter who they were no Back in those days, when I was a child coming up, we know what the condition was with the racial problem back then. But we were taught no matter what color a man was, black or white or red or green, yes, sir. No, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. We were taught that. I didn't have to relearn that. But I saw some guys in the Navy that the, that the chief petty officer who carried us through boot camp, he had to almost wring their nose off. To, to make them say, yes, sir. You said, yes, sir, to him. He was a voice of authority. And then you get on on the ship where they got officers. You're under the voice of authority. And I've often told you, and I'll tell you again at this time, every boy and now every girl, if you're too lazy to go to school, you drop out of high school, or even if you graduate and and, and don't get a, a job right off, it ought to be a law that you've got to spend a year, maybe two, in service somewhere. And I told some young folks the other day, when I was a kid, they had what they called a CCC camp under Franklin Delano Roosevelt. It's a conservation thing where the men, it was only men then, they didn't allow women. But they would go out in the country where I live, and they would build roads. They'd take a wheelbar and a shovel and build a road into your house off of the big road. They built outdoor toilets. They built cribs for people that couldn't afford them. And they uh, stayed in there a couple of years. It's kind of like the Peace Corps that... President John Kennedy initiated. I wish they'd put that back in. I wish they would. They had barracks around in different places, and the men slept there at night, and they fed them and uh, carried them out to the workplace, and they had a man that was over them, a foreman, and uh, it was not it was not a slave driver. I saw those men rolling wheelbars, making roads when I was a kid. I mean, and I saw them building those outdoors. It was a make-work job. I know that, but they were working to forget to get the little check that they were doing. And I, I think all that's a, a part of growing up, my friend, growing up and growing up. And I know in the business that I own, used to own, my son runs it now, and he tells me, he said, Daddy, you don't want to hear what, I, what comes in here looking for a job. He said one day one come in with a, with a ring in his nose and one in his ear and a little chain between them looking for a job with his pants hanging down below his butt. And the cap turned sideways. No, we don't do that. You can't work for us doing that. And and we try to hold a line on on dress and discipline and and in authority. My friend, we've gotten away from that. And if your child, if you're not taking charge of his life, he'll come up like that, and he'll tell you where to head in, and you'll be regret the day that he was born, my friend. Oh, he'll regret. Why is it that we see young men now? killing their dad and their mother is because they rebel against authority. And my friend, you have to start when they're little. Please start when they're little. You got little ones, please. You expecting a little one, please. 
get a grip on life. You call me. I'll talk with you about it. We don't, we're not talking about being cruel and hateful and all those things. We're talking about being positive. Just being positive with them, my friend. You turn them loose out there on society, the law, the law will have to incarcerate them. Put them somewhere where they can't hurt nobody, where they can't hurt themselves. And my friend, let's don't do that. Would you pray for the old trailblazer that I might continue to be true to your soul? I know these messages may offend you. I know that. But my friend, I don't want to offend you. And if you would, write me. I'll send you this book on the duties of parents by Brother J.C. Ryle. And uh, it's only 25 cents. And you, I'll send it to you 50 cents postpaid. And you might want a dozen of them to give out to your young friends. You do that. Let me know. I may send them to you free. Take the money out of my pocket and pay for them. And I have others. And if you'd like that book on pastoral authority, write me. I'll send it to you free and postpaid. And uh, let me let me hear from you. Would you do that? Call me. Area code 225-664-8658. And my address is Post Office Box 1810. Walker, Louisiana, 70785. And uh, if you would, uh, help me with the broadcast. I, I plead with you. I plead with you. Help me with the broadcast, if you will. Goodbye, and God bless you. If you missed part of today's broadcast or would like a recording, the Old Trailblazer broadcast is now available for download to your phone, to your iPad, or computer via podcast. Find out more about our podcast by visiting our website at radiomissions.org. That's radiomissions.org.